The second part of chapter 14 is uh, much of the same advice. If we want to understand this chapter as more than how to be a nice guy, we have to have a vision of who our neighbor is. When we go to church on Sunday, that's all Christ. How do I treat them? What do I think of them? Now, if, you know, do I go to church, you know, with shorts and uh, flip-flops and a t-shirt? That's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. And you could offend other people. Does that mean you have to go in a tuxedo? No. But you have to have enough of a balance to know that you're sufficiently well-dressed to honor the Lord in His presence and sufficiently well-dressed to honor all the people there with you. This is not just a little something you slip in on Sunday on your way to the golf game. This is the heart of your life. And you'll remember that every Eucharist you attend, you will remember for all eternity. So, so let us no longer sit in judgment over each other. It's not our job. But rather decide this. To no longer put a stumbling block or an obstacle in your brother's way. I've decided not to do that. To flaunt. You know, if I think eating steak is great and um, I see another brother in the restaurant, I'm not going to say to holler out loud to the waitress, get me a great big steak. You're just going to annoy him. And, and make life difficult for him. You want a steak, you say, I'll have a steak, please, and you eat it. But you don't provoke anybody. Why? Because they're Christ. And whatever you do to the least of his brothers, you do to him. So if you're provoking him and making life difficult for him, you're provoking and making life difficult for Christ. Don't forget that. That's Paul's vision, you see? This is no joke. Even though the issues may be small, they're not having to do with doctrine, but mostly to do with behavior. All right. I know and I am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Now, we have that famous text in Mark. It's in the others too, but it's clearer in Mark in some ways, uh, where, uh, I think it's in verse chapter 7, um, the Pharisees say, how come your uh, uh, disciples uh, don't... Um, uh, here it is, yeah, chapter 7, verse 14. They had forgotten to bring bread. No, I'm sorry, that's already the leaven of the Pharisees. Um, here it is, chapter 7, but earlier. Um, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders? but instead eat a meal with unclean hands, that is, unwashed hands. He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me. What is he saying? Absolutely speaking, it's not an offense to God to eat your meal with unwashed hands. That's a secondary law that's been put in. You're not going to find that in the Pentateuch. You're not going to find that Anywhere like that. You see? These are... What happened, you see, it was a beautiful drive. The people were in exile in Babylon. Therefore, they risked being absorbed by the culture and losing their faith in the one true God. 
So the Pharisees, and the word paras means to be separated, said we're going to establish a lifestyle that comes right from the Torah. And we're going to live that. Now that's a good idea. But they got very detailed about it. And that was the problem. Uh, John Paul II tells us, a faith which does not become culture is a faith which has not been fully received, completely embraced, or thoroughly thought through. Faith always has to become a culture. But it doesn't have to become a picayune way of life. It has to become a culture. And so, uh, the, for the Pharisees, then Mark is explaining, for the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders, and on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things they have done. Is it only the Jews that they're concerned about in this? No. The Gnostics are worse. And um, they're the ones. They, they, they may have become uh, a Christian, but they haven't gotten over that weak conscience of these foods and demons and all that sort of stuff. So, that's what they're saying, you see. And so, that's what Paul is saying. Now, I am not going to do anything that's going to offend my brother. Uh, and so, uh, he's going on in that frame now to say that. Um, never, just, you know, make it decide you're not going to put a stumbling block in the way of your brother, okay? If because of food your brother is disturbed, you are no longer conducting yourself in love. That's the criteria. Do I love my brother and my sister? Why would I do something which is neutral in itself, but which to disturb them? Why would I do that? To show how strong my conscience is? I'm not one of these people that worries about cutting carrots or something. Now, if they're into heavy New Age stuff, it might be helpful to quietly get them out of it. Because that is a wounded conscience. Nothing wrong with carrots if they're cut at an 80 degree angle. This is all this cosmic religion stuff. But you go easy with them too. Little by little, you know, with love, they get the picture. And so, that's what he's saying here, you see. Um, I know and I am convinced that nothing is unclean in itself. But for the one who considers something to be unclean, it is unclean for him. That's the problem. So, if I don't think it's unclean and I eat it, and you think it is unclean and you eat it, you're going against your conscience, and that's wrong. But my love for you has to be warm enough that today I don't eat it. Next week we're out to lunch again, and you're more relaxed, and I can eat it. It's not going to offend you or make you think that there's anything wrong with that. And maybe he'll join me. We have to wait and see. Okay. If because of your food your brother is disturbed, this is very interesting, you are no longer conducting yourself in love. The criterion is love, not the hamburger. And if you're going to disturb your brother, don't do it. Because he's your brother, the one for whom Christ died. Don't forget that. You see? Um... Do not let the food you eat bring ruin uh, to someone 
for whom Christ died, okay? Now, do not let what is good for you be reviled as evil, because that's wrong too. But look, he says, the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but uprightness, justice that is, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. Upright life, first and foremost. You see? Uh, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. You see? Anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and esteemed among human beings, esteemed among men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual edification. Now this is a very powerful line as well. Do not demolish the work of God for the sake of food. Now what is the work of God? It's that faith in that person. Huh? God's work in that person is faith. And you could destroy that work of God, ruin that person's faith, if you're not careful. So what do you care? If you eat vegetables today because you're with him, and tomorrow you can feed on all the steak you want, what do you care? Do you have to always show what a robust conscience you've got when the other guy is still struggling? That's terrible. And so, you see, don't let what is good for you be reviled as evil. Because the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but uprightness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So you can say, brother, look, really, that steak is okay. It's not evil because it's meat. Now, I'm not going to eat it today because I want us to have a good lunch together. But it's not the meat. The meat is okay. And if it's blessed in the name of Jesus, you're all set. Um, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You could meditate on that line, couldn't we? The kingdom of God, the place, the realm, where God's love and presence is rejoiced in, experienced, and shared. What is it characterized with? You see, it is justice, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where that's happening, the Lord is present. Okay? Anyway, anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and esteemed among human beings. It's an upright, manly man or a womanly woman. Do not demolish the work of God for the sake of food. God is at work in this brother. He's coming along, or this sister. She's coming along. And because you're so full of enlightenment, you're going to demolish the work of God in them? I'd eat vegetables the rest of my life, Paul says in another place, if, 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 if this was going to hurt anybody, you know? It is better uh, not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble or to be weakened. The conviction you have to keep to yourself before God. That is, you're sure there's nothing wrong with the meat and the wine. It's fine. Keep that to yourself in God. Don't bother people. Do you understand? It's not just how to be polite. Smile nicely in comfort, in, in, in company. That's the brother or sister for whom Christ died. And they think it's wrong. So while I'm around them, I'm not going to do it. But the one who has doubts is already condemned if he eats because the eating 
does not proceed from conviction. And that's the way this translation goes. You see, uh, does not receive from conviction. Actually, the text says, from faith. But it's the faith that gives conviction. That's the, the Greek text, says that. You see? Can you see how this whole chapter is centering around what? Sensitivity to your brother and sister because of being sensitive to Christ. Now, if I'm a buffoon, I want to show up how strong my conscience is and so forth, I'll do certain things. I've been around people who think they're showing off their strong conscience and they're sinning. That's not permissible what they're doing. That's not part of God's law. They're showing off their strong conscience. No, they're not. They're showing off their damnable conscience. you got to watch that. You see? And so, uh, the one who has doubts, you see, uh, you see, he can't, he, he has been judged if he, if he, if I think it's wrong and I do it, then I'm judged, you see? Uh, for whatever does not proceed from faith, the text literally says, is a sin. That's pretty powerful. That doesn't mean when I'm brushing my teeth, if I'm not thinking about it. No. But I mean, if, if I'm really not acting toward the rest of the community in, in faith, it's a sin. I've got to be aware of who I am and where I am and my relationships and my obligations. Uh, otherwise, I'm offending and I could be leading people into sin. Don't you understand now how all that pornography that's directed to children screams to heaven for vengeance because it's leading little people into sin. God detests it. 